brought to you by Soul Fire Productions. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Hi everyone, thank you so much for joining today. It is a pleasure to be with you over the internet. Um, Let's just take a brief moment, closing the eyes if you can, keeping an easy gaze if you need to keep them open. And just taking a minute or two to come back into your own body. If you're a mom, especially a new mom or a nursing mom, there's so much output from our actual bodies to our children. So allowing this time to come back physically, energetically, intentionally into your own body, what does that feel like? How can you inhabit the space? Bringing the breath in a little bit deeper. I love the practice of a deep inhale for five counts. Through the nose, holding the breath at the top, retaining the breath for five counts. And then an audible exhale out through the mouth for five counts. I'm doing a couple of rounds of that can really help you drop down into the body. Especially as moms and women, and very especially during the postpartum time, we're we're extremely vata imbalanced. We end up way up in our heads, way up in the ethers, micromanaging, overseeing our antenna are up, constantly looking out for our babies, and we're attuned to that. It's not a neuroses, it's the natural order. Um, but it's exhausting. So allowing this couple of minutes just to drop back into your own self, feeling the borders, the outlines of your own space that you occupy fully, wholly, If you're lying down or sitting up against something, feel the back melt into whatever you're on. And just bring a little bit of ease into yourself for a couple of moments. And then when you're ready, you can either turn this off and keep meditating. That's what I would highly recommend. But if you can't, let's get going. Hi. Hope you're having a good day. Um, something that I just really feel so passionate about are these check-ins and check-ins with ourself throughout the day. And for a lot of us, we don't have extended amounts of time, especially if we're home with littles and working or juggling all the things, which most of us are doing. Um, it can be minutes, you know. 
But if you get a couple of minutes throughout the day, it really can shift your energy. It can rebalance your nervous system. It can bring you back to yourself and to joy of life because let's be honest, running around on a schedule of other people, you know, it gets old. And I think that's for me, at least the hardest thing of parenting and motherhood is getting in this um, very structured, scheduled, this has to be done by this time and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's the hardest part for me because it, it takes the joy. It sucks the joy out of life for me. And kids, I do feel like in general need structure, boundaries, times of eating, times of bedtime, ritual, all of those things, as do I. But I don't like it coming from an external source that's punishing. Um, and so much of our society, school system, work system, patriarchal system really does set us up for that. So just grabbing these moments when you can. And also finding ways where you can think outside the box, be a little bit more creative so you don't just become a slave to this schedule, you know? Um, it's so easy to fill all your time with things. Um, and a lot of what kids need is love and laughter and sunshine and grass and free play. So whenever I start going down this path of overscheduling or overdoing classes, comparing to what other people are doing, any of that, um, I really like to slow it down and get rid of things, get them off the schedule and open up the space because I think it's really important for us to have that um, levity, you know, have that breath of fresh air in our daily lives so that we can actually be present in our lives and really be attuned to what our body's craving that day, what our minds are craving and how we can do it with our kids and not just, you know, be fielding it out. These are all the things I'm thinking about. So maybe you are too. Um, anyway, as the center pillar of the fam, it's really important for us to figure out the small and the big ways to settle our nervous systems, to refill our cups, to fully feel beautiful and healthy and moisturized and nutritionally filled up in our own bodies and minds so that we can give that to our kids and our partners and the whole of our family. I'm very excited to share this episode with a dear friend, Hillary, who I met years ago at the Den Meditation. We were both teaching uh, meditation there. She's a really great meditation teacher and yoga nidra teacher. And I was teaching fertility meditation classes there. Um, anyway, we've, we've kind of come in and out of each other's lives at different points, but she's just a gem of a human, hilarious. She makes me cry laugh. Um, and I really love her approach to simplicity and letting go and getting in flow with life. And yoga nidra is a new practice. Jana Romer, who's been on here twice, who is an amazing, amazing yoga teacher and yoga nidra teacher and has lots of content online for monthly astro yoga nidra sessions. Um, you know, she keeps sending them to me as the dear friend that she is. And I finally started doing them and they're incredible. And Hillary has many offerings as well of her meditations, which we will link in the show notes. So please check out. They're incredible. So relaxing. 
And the beauty of yoga nidra is you don't have to do anything. You just receive. You lie down and you receive. And truly, that is medicine for women, mothers. I mean, our whole men, children, we all need it. Um, But again, coming back to new mothers, this is true deep medicine because you literally don't have to do anything. It's no one other thing to do on your list. Um, So anyway, I hope you enjoy the listen. Feel free to email or DM me if you have any questions. And as always, I'm open to feedback. I'm open to topics that you want to hear more of. Um, This truly is a co-creation between you all listening and myself. And this was just a fun project I wanted to start because I wanted to be sharing the things that my girlfriends and I were talking about, what I talk about with my clients and my own journey as a woman, a mom, and a wife um, in this time on earth and all that's going on, all that's coming up and all that's coming forward. So um, I so appreciate all of you. I see you, I feel you, I'm right here with you. And um, this is for us, J-Ma. What up, Hillary? Oh, hey there. Oh, hi. You look so cozy in the beanbag. I'm, this is the most comfortable (laughs) I've ever been doing a podcast. (laughs) And I'm in my two-year-old's chair. We're so cozy. We're sitting in my bedroom, guys. So happy to have you here. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for having me. The last time you were here, you were doing a yoga nidra on this floor for me. Oh, my God. No, last time I was here, All right. the new moon circle. But before that, that. I was in your bedroom. Just speaking of my bedroom, (laughs) took me back. Your yoga nidra is so dope. Thanks, man. Let's just start. What is yoga nidra? Oh, we're just diving in. Just diving in. All right. Um, <laughs> so there's kind of a lot of different ways to uh, describe it. It has a really wide range of, of really healing um, benefits and applications. But usually when people come to it initially, they relate to it as a practice of deep relaxation and as a practice that can really quickly and effectively shift the nervous system energy. Sometimes people use it as a practice to help them fall asleep, but it's a a favorite teacher of mine, uh, Kamini Desai, said that using yoga nidra for sleep is like driving a jet plane to the the grocery store. Uh, It can be done, but that's not what it's for. Mm, So it will definitely put you to sleep. It will work. But there's there's such a wide range of of more powerful benefits. And it's so good for moms. I mean, when you did oh that, my God. it felt like I mean, what it was like thirty minutes. Thirty minutes, yeah. We were on a timeline too because the baby was about to be back. But it's um, it really does give you so much more energy and like a chill energy. Yeah, because you go really deep in in yoga nidra um, really fast without any kind of prior experience. You're hitting theta and and sometimes delta brainwaves, sometimes multiple times in under 30 minutes. So in the context of a sleep cycle, a sleep cycle is about an hour and a half. So you're moving through multiple sleep cycles in a really compressed time period. Mm. So it feels as though you slept for around two to four hours. Mm. 
Which I always want that. Yeah. Hugely powerful. Really, really necessary for daily life. And then do you, or does one learn how to do it on themselves or is it always good to do it through a guided situation? It's definitely really easy to practice as a guided meditation. Once you kind of are familiar with how to kind of really downshift your nervous system uh, and you feel safe to do so and you kind of feel safe to let go, Mm -hmm. you can access that state of consciousness, that really, really deep state of meditation where the body and the mind are just completely at rest. You can access that without any guidance. Um, but it, for most people, I recommend using it guided for, for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you do those guided meditations? Do like, like we can find them like on an app or something? Oh yeah. Oh good. Oh okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leak all that. Come on now. I come on. Cause I need, I need help. Cause our mutual friend, Jana, who's been on this podcast, she has shared yoga nidra also. So, some of my listeners have probably heard, but it's a fairly out there thing, right? I mean, it's not it's not widely known. It's getting there. Exactly. And and Jana's doing I I fucking love Jana. She is yeah, my too. girl. And she is doing such a great job of of really, really spreading yoga nidra. Jana's like oh what she has, five planets in Virgo. That explains a lot. <laughs> She can get stuff done. I, she has two kids. Yeah, I don't. Jana, Jana, if you're listening. Jana, we love you. You know how I feel about you. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I, I recently amazing. learned. About, <laughs> Five plants of Virgo. I only have, I only have one. Um, but I recently learned about, like, I had kind of touched into human design before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, like, totally sure how I feel about it. I don't know all that there is to know about it by any stretch of the imagination. Um, But I found out what my type is. Yeah, what are you? I'm a projector. Oh, that explains some things. Projectors are not here to work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you're here to be wise and fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, dude. I'm trying to explain that to my husband. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not here to work. Dude, I'm a projector. Yeah, with you the program with splenic authority <laughs> i'm a generator so i am here to work you are my husband's a generator mine's a manifesto Goldie's a generator and jemima's a manifesting generator oh wow mm-hmm. i have to learn more about manifestors because that's josh so it's so funny i mean obviously divine timing i was chatting with victoria this morning about it because she has been into this stuff for like 10 years when no one knew what she was talking about and an old friend did her reading yesterday and she literally was just like blowing up my phone with holy shit. Like this just puts everything in perspective. And she already knows a lot, but just to hear it again yep. and to really acknowledge nothing's good or bad. It's just who you are. It's yep. your makeup. And I'm actually going to, um, it's on my to-do list today to schedule Ooh. an appointment for a reading <laughs> because I have the books, of course, but it's very overwhelming. It's I mean, so it's confusing. so much. I'm There's like, so many what the hell is an open center? What are I'm all like these? all open centers. I am too. Mm. I have two to find. Not that I, I know what that means. <laughs> I, I think I, <laughs> anyway. Anyway, sorry for the rabbit hole, but for those of you that don't know what human design is, it's really become this kind of trendy new thing, but it's been around for a long time, but it's a mix of astrology, the I Ching, Feng Shui. Kabbalah. 
Kabbalah. Kabbalah. I don't know how you say it. I just thought However it sounded cool it. in my way. <laughs> it does. I was like, wait, is that Kabbalah? Kabbalah. <laughs> um, that's very pretty. So it's a mix of lots of different things. And um, it is really interesting. The stuff I do know about myself makes so much sense. So I want to just, as I was sharing earlier, I'm in a transformation of kind of shedding some skin, up-leveling in my business and family stuff. And just, I think it would be helpful to know a little bit more about when to push myself and when to just really accept, like, no, I need rest right now. And like, what's actually, you know, overall the most productive for me. Cause I think that's what we need to know. We need to know where energy sources are, how they work. And then <laughs> you're laughing. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm like, just thinking no, no, no. about, I'm just thinking about like, holy shit, you sure do sound like a generator. <laughs> I know. But I'm tie tie a lot of the time. So it's just <laughs> figuring out. But I'm, um, one thing is I'm a non specific, like all the eras are non specific for manifesting, which is very interesting to me hmm. because, you know, around the moons, I've always done my list and my intentions. But really, if I take a, you know, a big view of my life, all the good stuff that's happened in my life has just happened. And mm-hmm. I have a, you know, a chanting, religious practice, which I feel like has brought a lot of great stuff into my life and opened me up in ways. And I met my husband that way. But also it's not from like writing a list every month and really like seeing it and feeling it. It's yep. just happened. So that, yeah. that was like a huge light for me. Yep. Like, oh, that makes really sense. If I'm just in flow and doing what lights me up, what gives me energy, that's when the goodness flows into my life. Yeah. I, for me, I, I learned that projectors have to wait for the invitation Mm -hmm. and I was like oh my god that's been literally every single opportunity Mm -hmm. I've ever received it's just been handed to me and I'm like yeah that works yeah or no or no yeah like I I I just had like a group of students be like hey can you run a private retreat for us and I was like I don't see why not amazing and then two days later it sold out Oh with God. with my lovely, lovely favorite students. Amazing. And I was like, I just waited for the invitation. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it just, I didn't yeah. have to advertise. It's such a good example. It's a great example. But yeah. also it's making me be like, I don't need to put any effort in. <laughs> <laughs> I just wait for the invitation. <laughs> Do you follow Jenna Zoe on Instagram? I don't think so. She's a great human design that's really brought it to the forefront. She's been on the Expanded Podcast, Lacey Phillips. They're good friends. Anyway, she's brought the human design to the forefront. So I've, I've learned a lot from her and she's made it very digestible. Mm-hmm. She has all sorts of videos and stuff oh, cool. you can buy on her website um, for all your different specific things. You should get so. her on here. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I don't see why she's you become can't a do mate, that. Like a big superstar. That'd be amazing though. Dude, you're a big superstar. Course, look at you. you. Oh. Your leopard look, shirt. Look at me and my two-year-old chi over here. <laughs> And my pink snakeskin skin. Oh, snakeskin. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I went different today. it for leopard. <laughs> I went off brand today. Um, okay. So yoga nidra is really the core of your work right now. Yeah. You also teach meditation as well. Sure. Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> sure. Sounds good. <laughs> and that's how we met at the Den Meditation. That's true. A long time ago at the front God, desk. Like three, four years ago. Yeah. Like when I was teaching a bajillion classes mm-hmm. and we overlapped that's for like nice. 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to delve more into yoga nidra and um, I do feel like, I mean, is it something that's worth kind of delving into explaining or is it something that people really need to just download 
a guided meditation and experience. Oh God, I'm happy to talk about it. I talk about it. I can talk about it for literally like a hundred hours. I have. Let's nutshell it. Nutshell it for, you know, women and moms. I mean, that's who's listening to this. So on the moms, like how, how, how can we use this, especially in the postpartum time, like efficient when you have very little time, like how can we maximize this for healing? Okay. So one way that just kind of came to me that, that feels really important to share in terms of how uh, it could be a really powerful practice for moms. Um, it shuts down your mind in a way that nothing else does. It gives you this unbelievable feeling of peace that is incredibly hard to find. I'm sold already on that because it, we're so vata. We're overly yeah, vata. Yes. It, it it grounds you in your body. It completely shifts your nervous system. It completely empties your mind. And now, now that's not to say like the first time you do it. So if anybody's listening and you're like, that sounds amazing. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to stop this <laughs> podcast. I'm going to go find a nidra. And, and you don't have that experience. Just know that it's available to you. But, you know, I, I describe yoga nidra a lot of times as a practice that helps you learn how to let go. And it helps you learn. It helps you feel safe to let go. And it teaches you what that really feels like in your body, in your heart, in your mind. So we have this notion that, you know, we, we pretty much live with this attitude of like more effort, more results, you know, um, and, and we apply that to, to everything. And it doesn't apply in meditation. It does not apply in your spiritual practice. It does not apply around healing and it definitely does not apply in the postpartum shift. hundred percent. And that is literally, I mean, I'm tearing up when you talk because that's literally what I talk with all my clients about. Like whatever made you a successful person in the real world, you need to now do the opposite of right. that. And it's very challenging yeah. to just, you know, switch that light switch. Yeah. So that's, that's what this teaches you. It teaches you what it feels like to actually be in a state of non-doing Mm, um, be in a state of non-doing. And that's what postpartum is about, totally. you know? It's it's about surrendering. It's about slowing down. It's about letting go of the external world and diving more and more deeply into the internal space and into the kind of cocoon of that, of that time period. You know, so it, it might not happen that you, like, have this profound experience of healing after you practice Yoga Nidra the first who knows how many times, but, but we're all kind of wired differently. Um, so give yourself, give it a real shot. Like you really need to kind of build a relationship to it. And in the very worst case scenario, you'll, you'll come out of the practice and you'll be like, I feel relaxed. I feel better than if I was, you know, on my phone or doing the dishes or whatever. Um, and in the very best case scenario, you'll feel like you just, started a brand new day from this incredible space of grounded peace and clarity. I want all of that. It's fucking great. It's idiotic that I don't make this a daily practice because yeah, I so believe in it and I've done it now and it's, it's cuz you're a generator. Amazing. It's just <laughs> 
It's honestly, it's no, it's just like a mental. <laughs> well, if I, you know what I need to do? I need to create a space during the day for it yes. because I always try to do things at night. And literally by the time my kids are asleep, I am so toasted that even lying there listening to something, it feels like I'm forcing myself to do something. Yeah. It's like a weird rebellion in a way. I'm just so done. So I just end up passing out or listening to a podcast and passing out or listening to the West Wing and passing out. Oh, that's so nice. I love the West Wing. Why can't he be our president? Oh, stop. That's I literally like, can't even watch TV. Like I can't watch anything after kids. I mean, I've never liked scary things, but the West Wing is oh, like it's so good. Josh calls it. My husband uh, calls it liberal porn. It's totally like that. <laughs> and then you just get used to their voices. I literally put it on, and like two minutes, and I'm passed out. He, yeah, he he watches it when he watches it. <laughs> like if he ever has trouble sleeping. And which isn't very often, but he'll just go on the couch and put on West Wing oh, reruns. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's like your bedtime stories. I like Josh. Already. Yeah. I mean, that's so weird <laughs> that he does that also, because that's what I do. I'm like, I just need to hear Martin Sheen. Yeah. Like, I know the world's President gonna be Bartlett. Okay. <laughs> we went to the, oh the birthplace God. of like we went to Bartlett, New Hampshire. Oh, wow. To be like, this is where President Bartlett was from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love him so much. Yeah. Anyway, that's so funny. Okay, anyway. so yeah, yes. I'm gonna get you on need it. to I'm do it in the get day. On it. You need mm-hmm. to do it in the daytime. Okay. Um, thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. You can. There's okay. twenty minute ones. Like there's okay. ten minute ones, which are definitely not. You're not gonna go as deep. Right. But if that makes you feel like yes, I want more, then you're gonna make time for a longer one. Okay, I'm reframing this. I'm yeah. now putting this into my brain as an in the day situation yeah it's a game changer it like you know I think Jana actually um I I loved the way Jana described it uh on that episode one of the episodes that she was on with you as like a feminine practice Mm -hmm. versus like a seated guided or seated Mm -hmm. meditation practice um where you're kind of like creating more of a really kind of uh, focused awareness yeah. as like a masculine practice. Yeah. Whereas yoga nidra, you, you carry this kind of like soft kind of loose quality of, of awareness and you, you really hold the experience really gently and, and, and lightly. And it's this beautiful practice of deep surrender, this feminine practice of receiving. And when she said that, I was like, yes, mm-hmm. Jenna. Totally. Especially because <laughs> I'm like over here, like, so, the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> this I don't want to see the meditation. <laughs> Fuck you. Like, I love that you could just be lying down and receiving yeah. and being in the divine feminine. Because as moms, especially, we are so overthinking every single decision. We were just talking about this. Yeah. Decision fatigue. It's so real. And you know, from the water we drink to, you know, figuring out what kind of water filter, like that can be months of research, you know, Uh and the food and just every fucking thing. We're also trying to be so mindful about what we're buying that's going to be reusable and lasting and what we're going to like for 10 years. Like all of these decisions just make, they can really make you feel batty. Yeah. It's a lot. It's overwhelming. Like there's already so much that your mind has to deal with and your nervous system has to deal with. That's like essential. And then, you know, you put all this extra burden on yourself and and everything becomes like this monumental thing. 
And we wonder why, like, you know, autoimmune and everything skyrocketing. I mean, it's it's a cocktail of things, but it's we are over worrying about everything. Oh, yeah. And what, you know, what we think, like, this is such a simple little phrase, like, it's like so memeable, but like what we think creates how we feel, you know, in our like emotionally and what we're feeling emotionally creates how we're carrying our body. It, it creates our kind of like our arc field. It creates the energy we're we're putting out there into the world. It affects the way we're interacting with people. And like if our minds are all junked up with all this stuff, with all this stuff, and that's it's big not stuff. A, it's it's big stuff, but it's, it's like some of it's, some of it's little stuff. But it's like, you know, if we're in a space of grounded clarity, we can make these decisions with such greater ease. Yes, and so and like you know, we all know like a meditation practice will help you with every single <laughs> thing in life and make you all of the things, and it's a must do for every conscious human. But really, it's just one more fucking thing to yeah, do, yeah. and it's like it feels like brushing your teeth, and it's like. You know, I barely have time to brush my teeth and floss, let alone, you know, get in my 20 minute sit to evolve my soul. But yoga nidra is such a pleasure that you 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 want to do it. It's not a should. It's like it's like, no, this is this is way more important than brushing my teeth. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> this amazing. Is, this okay. is a must. I'm I'm committing. I commit to myself. I'm gonna follow up. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cause you hear you, that everybody? Because you said that on <laughs> Jana's podcast. <laughs> I know. See, I know. She's literally sent me free nidras yeah. so many times, and it. I just. It's a block, but I'm just gonna change it right now. I'm changing it. I'm gonna send you a 10 minute one. Okay. It's a dude's voice though, so you mm. can't be like fuck the patriarchy. Okay. He's a really nice guy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay so how did you get into all this let's take it back take it back let's travel (laughs) time travel back to 2008 or it was 2007 i think um yeah 2007 2008 how old are you now by the way 35 okay and uh yeah so i was where are you from jersey Meditation chick, what up? <laughs> we, I feel like we have a lot of, we have so many similarities, dude. Like the fact that you're just like, what up, and dude, yes. Like, weren't weren't you like into that. punk rock in your mm-hmm. day? Yeah, before you got into chanting. Yeah, same. People yeah. think I'm like a hippie. I know, and I'm like, no, I. No one else had tattoos that I knew. Yeah. I don't have tattoos, but well, I mean, and that know, was just indecision. You're probably blessed. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah I shaved my head in high school I shaved my head at the ashram I know which I want to hear about <laughs> um but I you know it, but for me it was never That's kind badass. of a rebellion against because I was it, it, I was such a weird mix still am but like also a people pleaser but then also a total like I think I just didn't like I hated high school I didn't trust or like systems. Mm. And so I kind of didn't know where to put that energy. I also didn't do drugs or drink. So it was also. You were straight edge. I wasn't punk like, rocker. I wasn't like. Do you have the X's? No, I, I was not like, 
it was just because my body can't handle drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Like I would, you know, do a little dabble, but like I have the MTHFR gene mutation. So I literally will have a couple sips of alcohol and it's like I have the flu. Maybe that's what I have. I you can't. I have like three drinks a year. Yeah. My my body can deal with a little. A little. Cannabis. <laughs> cannabis. <laughs> but like, honestly, like once a week. Like yeah. I, I'm. I'm. I love weed. Absurdly yeah. moderate. It can't. I was not absurdly moderate around it in high school. Um, but now I'm an adult. Um, I think cannabis is a great, it can be a great thing for people for different reasons. Yep. But I think, you know, anything in excess and we, you know, anyway, that's a whole other thing. I don't totally different to. topic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. So Yoga Nidra. 2008. 2008. <laughs> Long story short, uh, I was traveling around New Zealand with an ex-boyfriend or a boyfriend at the time. And uh, I kind of was like ready for the, we were both ready for the relationship to kind of end uh, probably me more so than him. And we we're scheduled to go on this like camping trip, uh, hiking the Abel Tasman National Park in New Zealand. And uh, it was like a five-day thing. Like, it would have been epic, um, but I bailed mm. <laughs> and went we to. Were like, we are not staying. Yeah, together. <laughs> I went to an ashram. I went to a yoga retreat. It was over Valentine's Day. Wow, this is actually like my little oh. my little ashram anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> How um, many years ago is that? It was either 14, I think it was two thousand and eight. Two thousand eight. Yeah. 2008, wow. I was at the ashram in New Zealand. Wow, good timing. Yeah, seriously. So I I bailed on that hike with him, and he actually went. Um, he was pretty pissed that I bailed. But I went on this yoga retreat at this ashram, and I spent just a week there, but I explored all of these different practices. And I had been meditating before, but I had been working within the Buddhist tradition. Mm. And... Which tradition, I, or what did that look like? So, I mean, I studied, I, I studied philosophy and religion at college, um, and I got really kind of into Buddhism, and was going to uh, Buddhist sits at a Kadampa Center in Philadelphia after I graduated college, and the sits at the Kadampa Center were were really lovely, like for for sangha, um, and they were run by this really funny funny, cool monk. But the guidance around the meditation, like I would go in and I like, I was always happy to have gone, but the meditation was fucking excruciating. Mm. It was just like an hour sit and it was, the guidance was so light um, that it didn't facilitate any kind of turning inward. Mm. Um, it was it a chant or is it just silence? No, it was like inhale white Inhale white light, exhale black smoke mm. for a fucking hour. Wow. And I was like, mm. <laughs> 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 like, I'm not visual, like I'm kinesthetic kind of meditator. So like my meditations are characterized. <laughs> my meditations are characterized more by like sensation, movement mm. of energy. So like... <laughs> You cannot stop laughing. I cannot stop laughing. I see that energy, the black smoke leaving. <laughs> it, it didn't work. It didn't work for me. I was like, 
It was like a person. It was like a hellscape. I was like, this is horrible. But I like loved connecting with people <laughs> after and having tea and, and cookies. <laughs> um. Anyway, so at this ashram, I practiced yogic techniques for meditation. And it was a tradition grounded in tantric yoga. Um, so like it was it was really clear guidance. It was really very um, intentional. The, the process of turning inward, like there was a real kind of it, the, the practices really spoke to the nature of my mind and the nature of most people's minds the busyness, right? Like, so in yoga, this process of pratyahara is this process of sensory withdrawal where this, you know, um, this gradual turning inward, this letting go of the senses, it's very systematic and it's very intentional. Um, and the idea is you can't enter into the deeper kind of states of meditation if you're still engaged in the sensory world, right? Mm -hmm. So, these techniques I had been working with previously never internalized me. They never facilitated sensory withdrawal. They never allowed me to let go of the outside world. So there was no going deep. And then I tried these yogic practices at the ashram, and I was like, oh, shit. I just <laughs> dissolved. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and Yoga Nidra was the most impactful. I kind of, like, had a really deep experience the first time I practiced, and it was like, that was it. And I was like, whatever, whatever they're selling, I'm buying because this just made me, it made me experience myself and reality in a way that I never had before. Mm. And so then what did you do? Um, you left that, left the ashram, kept traveling around New Zealand with my then ex-boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was fine. I, I actually went to like a, another, I went to like a Buddhist Tibetan Buddhist ashram shortly after I'd left the, the yogic ashram and they had all these books on, and I had just like come from practicing like these tantric yogic techniques. And I was like, what's tantra? I want to know more. Mm -hmm. Not sex tantra people settled down. <laughs> That's neo tantra. Um, mm. so in different combo, but I went to this Buddhist ashram in near Auckland after I left the, the yoga ashram and they had these books on Tantra and they were on the top shelf under glass. And I was at this ashram for like three weeks living there. And I was like, what's the deal with those books? Let me get them. <laughs> gimme, gimme, gimme. And they were like, no, no, those are books for initiates, for renunciates, for monks, for nuns. Those are not allowed for you. And I was like, but I just did stuff with that at the yoga place. And they were like, no, no. <laughs> and I was like, all right, peace out. <laughs> so I was like, okay, these, so these practices are universal. Like they're in the Buddhist tradition too. They're in the, the tantric tradition of Buddhism, but they're just closely guarded. And the yogic tradition is like, enjoy people of the world and, and kind of gives of these teachings freely. And that was, so I was like, all right, I got to go more into this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, went back to Philly. I was, got a job working for Greenpeace and then, um, started putting plans into place to go to India and went to India a few months, uh, probably like three or four months after I got back to the States and spent some time at the traditions ashram there kind of dove in from there and then went to Australia and lived at 
an ashram there and trained as a teacher. Lived there for two years. Whoa, two years? Wow. Yeah. And that's when you shaved your head? Shaved my head, wore the robes. Wow. Wore my, first I wore my, my white robes. That's like a, a new initiate. And then got my spiritual name and I got the, I got it, the upgrade <laughs> to the yellow robes, which were fucking yellow. <laughs> Monochromatic. <Wow. laughs> Do you still keep up with anyone from then? Yeah, yeah. I have mm-hmm. a I have quite a few like really close friends what from was the ashram. Ashram life like it was like life in the world but more intense. Mm. Like higher highs, lower lows. Um, but also like more profoundly more profound spiritual experiences than you get in day to day life. I feel like I really missed my ashram time. You know? You know, like, there's no way to do it now. That's not true because really? traditionally, like, okay. So, like, in Vedic society, like, you know, back in the day in India, like, the notion was like you, you do your education, you become a householder, you have a family, you do your work in the world. And then, like, your children are raised, time for retirement. You become a vanaprastha, mm. a forest dweller, and you start to Fuck renounce yeah, the world. I'm doing that. Yes, <laughs> you start to I'm renounce the world. Slowly making my way. Yeah, and yes. then like by the time you're in your 70s and 80s, you've committed yourself fully to your spiritual practice as you approach death. Oh my God, I'm so glad you just said this. Yeah. That gives me some real good goals <laughs> ahead. I'm totally gonna be the weird grandma in the woods. Yeah, yep. You should be. So That's I'm, like yeah. that was like. I mean, I'm making of, my way there. Like this is first yeah. step. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> but you're still an householder. Like you've got like another, what, probably like 10 to 12 years as a householder raising kids. Yeah, probably 20. 20? How old's Goldie's two and a half? Mm-hmm. Definitely longer than 12 years. Yeah. Okay. So kids kids aren't gone now when they're 18. You could change that. It's true. I'll <laughs> you could be like, you just <laughs> cabins in the woods. You just have to be like start prepping them for it now. You're like 18. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this world turns out. But I really love that idea. I love that. Yeah. It makes sense. It totally right? makes sense. Like you gradually start to yeah. withdraw from society once you've fulfilled your obligations. Totally. And you can't like that's I wanted to stay at the ashram so badly. Like I had these fantasies in my mind that were like, I'm gonna live here forever and I'm gonna be a renunciate. And the people that that were living that life, like I really, I really wanted it. Mm-hmm. Like there was this part of my soul that was like, I just don't want to have to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to go into the world and, you know, I mean, a projector. I'm not here to work, right? right. Um, <laughs> I just like but held you on are. to that I mean, one it phrase. Just, it, <laughs> <laughs> That's all I need from human design. Thank you. <laughs> Done. <laughs> um. But no, I, I realized that like for me and for most people, like you do need to put in your time, right? Like you do need to engage mm. and and there's a lot of beauty and there's so much meaning and depth in living life in the world. Like you don't need to, you, there's nothing, there's nothing in an ashram, it, you can't run away. You can't run away from from the world or from yourself. Like all of the same shit is going to come up at an ashram as it would in the world. Only it's going to be in a microcosm and there's going to be fewer distractions. Mm. No, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. 
of days. I'm like, why am I not living in a cave alone? <laughs> it would be still. You have your still issues. There. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have my biomat. I wouldn't no. have a lot of the things I love. No, you wouldn't have Erewhon. I wouldn't have all my sun potion <laughs> powders in my tea right now. There's yeah, beauty no in the Erewhon. world. No Erewhon, dude. Oh okay, so what brought you out? Well, also, was it culty? Did it feel culty? I mean, I'm not saying culty in necessarily negative light, but like, did it feel like you are part of this inner family kind yes. of vibe? Yes. Yes. It was, and like, I mean, I don't want to get too far deep down like the rabbit hole of like guru culture and. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. That's a different one. Come back for that. I'll come back because that is, I have so many opinions. Um, I do too. And my my tradition actually, I was initiated uh, into my kind of second initiation by a female guru. Oh, cool. Yeah, so like. I really hear that. Yeah, matriarchy. There was a real feeling of purpose and a real feeling of connection and community and being a part of something that I, that is really, really hard to find in the world. And it felt amazing. It felt so incredible. Like, you know, in a community like that, an intentional spiritual community where everyone shares this kind of common, this common belief system. Um, and live is living life from this belief system, you know, from the teachings of yoga with this kind of, within this guru tradition, it, it felt so good to be a part of something and everything was just very clear at that time of my life. And Mm -hmm. for many of the people involved in the tradition, I'm sure they had this experience, um, for, part or much of their time that they lived at the ashram there's nothing like it so like you really can understand how I can understand how cults kind of take shape and take hold because yeah. well they all start off really well you know? yeah really well I mean, intentioned yeah I wouldn't call like <clears throat> a I wouldn't call my tradition that I'm from like a cult but there definitely are elements. Mm-hmm. And so when did you know it was time to leave? Um, I left the ashram because my visa was up. <laughs> <laughs> Very logistical. <laughs> yeah. Virgo. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> yeah. the government says I must go. <laughs> um, but I was going to go back. I was actually intending to go back and live in Australia. And I ended up coming to, I came to L.A., and lived here with the intention to live here for six months because I have an older brother here and a nephew. And I came here with that intent to kind of just like, you know, mm-hmm. chill out and maybe wait some tables, maybe nanny, mm-hmm. casually cruise around LA. And then I was going to go back to Australia and uh, try to find employer sponsorship and try to become a citizen and that plan tanked because I met Josh Hmm. (laughs) where did you meet him on the internet I was just like let me get some free dinners (laughs) I'm hungry (laughs) yeah he he took me to end of the seventh rye on our first date Hmm. Topanga vibes yeah 
I got married there. Really? Oh, Not in cool. another seventh ray, but in oh. Topanga. In another seventh really? ray, weddings are like, Jesus. <laughs> Not in my ballpark. Yeah. And then I stayed in wow. LA. Wow, that's a huge shift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, I waited for the invitation and uh, the den opened. And Tal, the owner of the den, emailed me and was like, hey. Wow, how'd she find you? She actually found me, my friend Amy. We were on retreat together in India in 2008, and she was a yoga works teacher, and she was also an initiate and a trained teacher in my lineage. And I guess Tal was probably reaching out to teachers Mm -hmm. in, in like yoga studio environments who had also a background in meditation. And Amy, and she emailed Amy, and Amy was like, you don't want me. You want Hillary. And I was like, Amy, thanks, girl. That's awesome. Yeah. And And then then that was it. You've just been off and running. Amazing. Been off and running. And Mm -hmm. I owe Amy a great debt, and I owe Tal a great debt for, you know, taking a chance on me. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, uh, It's really hard to be a teacher without a a place and without a platform and yeah. without, without that community. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And let's switch gears. All right. Where are we going? We're going to mama baby world. Oh, mama baby world. Yeah. Nice transition. That was yeah, abrupt. That was, that was, you were just like, I'm talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Super unnatural segue. <laughs> um, but just something, you know, you're, you're we touched on it before we started recording. You're 35, mm. and just how it kind of catches up with you, right? Like you, you, you weren't someone that wanted to have kids, and then something shifted, and then now it's it's kind of well. I just want to. I'm not going to paraphrase your words. I'll share what, where you are right now and your journey of that. Yeah, I never imagined myself having kids. I think because my mom was really an is she's definitely not listening. She doesn't know what a podcast is. Um, <laughs> she's really codependent and uh, is is has completely defined her sense of self through being a mother and had no career, had like really didn't even... a single mom? No. Were you married? She no, was married. she was married. To your dad? To my dad. But everything was about us. Like she put no work into her marriage put all of her work into her kids like it was like us versus them like it was like mom and kids versus dad like it was a really a lot of dysfunction are they still married no Mm -hmm. um but she lost her mom when she was five Mm. on halloween and they actually told her that her mother had gone on vacation (gasps) how fucked up is that her mom died in the house and they told my mom that she went on vacation so anyway, my mom's got a lot of unhealed trauma. Jeez, how'd she die? Cancer. Yeah. Yeah. But my mom has so much unhealed trauma. And her dad died at 27. She was raised by like kind of an evil stepmother. Jesus. Three steps siblings, like one in and out of jail, like just all sorts of shit. And she wanted to heal that like subconsciously because she's got a lot. But subconsciously, she wanted to heal that trauma by having children. And that was all she wanted. And she put everything into being a parent. And, you know, now is 75 and is like, like, what 
we're adults. Like, what is there now? So I never wanted that. And I never really had any examples of what life could be otherwise or what motherhood could be otherwise. Mm -hmm. So I never saw that for myself. It was just never something that I wanted. And then when I started thinking about teaching and like really sharing the teachings of yoga and sharing these practices with the world, um, I was like, I don't know how I could even do that and have children. Like I didn't see that there could be both. So I kind of had this narrative in my head that like that wasn't something that I wanted. And then I met my husband and it was something that he's always wanted because he comes from a functional family. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and he like, like he always reminds me because I like have this weird thing in my head and it's like, well, if I become a mother, I can't do anything. I can't do anything else. And he's like, hell, my mom worked full time, usually 50 to 60 hours a week. And, you know, we have a really good relationship and like I had a really good childhood and, and she wasn't necessarily home for it all right. and like that was okay mm -hmm. and I was like all right okay yeah so you're not working in that paradigm so like I can shift my paradigm uh in partnership but taking our relationship to the next level was very much contingent on me shifting my narrative mm. and I did wow not like through force but like through work through so like, like before you got married. Oh yeah. That was like one of before we before we got engaged, mm -hmm. before we I think before we said I love you. Like it was like he was fucking clear. Um That's great. I mean yeah. clarity is key, right? Absolutely. So now, you know, now I'm, I took a doula training last year, a birth doula training, and then we reconnected at Kimberly Johnson's oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. trauma and birth at, workshop at Beanie. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. I know that was the best what day. Can really, we love you. It was a really intense day, but that I had was a, such a good day. I had a great time. <laughs> and we talked about the day. trauma of me buying a house. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and then I was like texting you six months later, and you're like, "I'm buying a house." <laughs> trauma. I'm feeling it. Um. So anyway, I I took this birth doula workshop to to kind of help me shift into. Mm. Wow. Even so more cool. acceptance and understanding because I'm I'm somebody that like if I'm going to do something I'm going to do it I'm going to go in informed. Right. Virgo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so I took the birth doula workshop and I was like, "Okay, I get this birth stuff. All right. I'm ready. I got this." And now we're kind of approaching this point where we're going to start trying and it it's just going to be what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And I, I have no idea how I'm going to feel about it. Like, I have no idea how I'm going to feel if we can't get pregnant. Like, because I don't have this attachment to the idea of being a mother. Because I'm so connected with, like, my work. Um, and, and guiding and helping and nurturing. It's really interesting. It's so interesting. Like I started doing Pilates because I was like, I need to get grounded in my body and I need to get strong because I don't want to enter into pregnancy with like literally with like a weak pelvic floor with with a weak core. Like so I've been just like I love that really yeah, consciously girl. and carefully laying the foundation mm -hmm. to start trying. <laughs> right. Which is like such a win win. You know, I mean, it's great to have a good pelvic floor anyway. Yeah, totally. Abs, you know. 
Oh, I've never had abs. If I get abs, I'm going to be the most annoying person on the planet. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's going to (laughs) know. I will never wear a shirt. (laughs) It's yeah. And then you'll get pregnant because actually it's so funny because I'm kind of like prudish in my clothes wearing. Like I, I don't like you know, I've never liked my stomach exposed and stuff like that. I've never exposed my stomach. I haven't worn a bikini since high school. Yeah. Like I just I don't I don't know. It's it doesn't feel like total body dysmorphia or anything. It's just like it doesn't feel comfortable to me. I'd rather go naked. I'd rather some naked than like a bikini for some I reason. Totally get that. Or just that. bottoms or, you know. Anyway, I digress. But when I'm pregnant, it's so cool because I'm just like, yeah, rocking the belly. <laughs> like I didn't buy any maternity clothes. You're just like, I'm here just it like, is. Whatever. I'm stretching this t-shirt. I to love like it. The ends of its life. And I don't know. It's it's a, it's cool how the confidence shifts and just like the owning of your body shifts. It's it's cool. That sounds really fun, actually. It was really fun. I could really get down with that. Yeah. You know what? When you just said that about the like your body and body dysmorphia or not body dysmorphia, I, I like grew up really, really into astrology. And then it became cool. And I was like, oh, wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was cool when mm-hmm. I was 12. <laughs> You've always been cool. People don't really know that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't present. Socks and sandals all the way, man. Um, Dude. I saw it in Vogue once. black socks and white Birkenstocks every day. Oh, dude. High foot. High High foot. foot. (laughs) In one of my astrology books, when I was reading about Scorpio rising, it said that Scorpio rising individuals either dress to deliberately play up or play down their sexuality. Mm. And I was like, oh, a hundred percent. I am <laughs> play down. Play down. Me too. Play down. One thousand like, percent. You find my inner beauty, bitch. Like <laughs> Oh my God. We're the same person right now. It's oh my God. It's so true. It's like you, if you're interested, you have to like uncover mm-hmm. that. That's yeah. so but my my ammo too. Yep. And I kind of like oh. resent people secretly in a very scorpionic way when they're like <laughs> <laughs> when they're like putting it all out there. And I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. It's just like too much. It's, yeah. I don't I'm fine for everyone to do what they want to do. Totally. Know? But like I just that would never like people are always like, you know. Remember when you're in your 20s, like falling out of the club in your mini skirt? I'm like, literally never, 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 <laughs> never. I would like baggy jeans. So I wore vintage dresses to my ankle. Yeah, I would go. I played it up a little bit more than that. Like in college, like I would wear like a mini skirt. I had like a pleated mini skirt that I fucking loved. Um, I had a few like little mini skirts because I have good legs. I you like do. my legs. Mm-hmm. They're a good time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I used to wear like sneakers a mini skirt and a hoodie mm-hmm. to like that's frat parties that's a good look because like, like the floors were it was like three inches of beer it was yeah. like three inches of natty light on the ground mm-hmm. in basements and i'm like i'm not gonna wear what are you people doing Mm-mm. i'm wearing open-toed shoes no. i can't no. wear high heels i have one pair and they're it's a it's this bit it's like a three inch heel and they hurt mm-hmm it's pretty embarrassing. It's so funny that you're the same way. It must be a Scorpio thing because I'm, you know, Sun Scorpio. I know, like my flirting used to be when I, you know, when I was dating before my married life. 
people and I ended up with that person like dating them. They'd be like, I thought you, you know, hated me. I'm like, that's supposed <laughs> to be flirting. <laughs> Yeah, I I didn't know how to flirt. Like I, yeah, my flirting was was an interesting time. We're deep people. We're weird, deep, dark yeah. people, but really funny and fun too. Totally. Yeah. I I did well when I was single, but I I don't think like I don't know. Me flirting is just like me having conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Me too. Yeah. I need to figure out how to flirt again as a married person. Because yeah. it really does, yeah, bring a feeling of it does, yeah, vitality, yeah, like light, like yeah. David and I are pretty good about doing that. It does, it like, yeah, it's important. I, I think so. I really yeah. want and humor. my husband to flirt with people. Like he plays in a cover band, and he he told me he was so excited. Like he's forty two, and he is beautiful to me. Um. But, like, he's not, like, girls don't hit on him. And he had these, like, two 24-year-old girls in, like, crop tops hitting on him after he played a show a couple weeks ago. And I was like, yes! (laughs) Yes! You get it! You get it, boy! Like, you are not going to get that at 50. Like, you are not, like, this is not going to last forever. Mm. Your your days of 24-year-olds hitting on you. You maybe yeah. have a couple more times that that's going to happen. <laughs> was he shocked? He was surprised. Yeah. He said that they were making eyes at him all night. Wow. Two of them. Yeah. In like the front row at the show. What instrument does he play? He plays keyboard oh. in a fish cover band. Oh. Yeah. But anyway. Are you fish people? Do you have the fish shows? I I don't like to go to fish shows. So, I mean, I like grew up really into like a wide range of musics musics oh jesus um (laughs) we're approaching the end (laughs) um but i i grew up listening to a lot of punk rock and then i got into fish when i was like 15 uh but by myself like so i never went to shows (laughs) mclean is just cracking up i think you're tired (laughs) i'm always tired but you you always make me laugh you always make me cry laugh whenever i see you just like a puddle of crying laughing tears in the corner it's a good time um so yeah he's a he's a hardcore fish person it's a real thing oh dude i love it but the the shows are too intense for me because i don't i'm really introverted and Mm -hmm. i pick up people's energy and i don't like to be around a lot of people and the fish shows people just get freaking wasted and I've just I don't learned like to about be around them. that. So Victoria goes to the the Madison Square Garden. Oh yeah, New Josh shows. goes. Yeah, he goes a lot. That's like a them. whole world. Yeah, like she kept sharing. Every, I was like, I my my brain is literally exploding. It's like a hierarchy and the way they set up and like it's a whole like tribal, very tribal. It's really on. cool. The New Year's yeah, show was, was amazing. Was we like, couch toured it. Days. Yeah, it's wild. They did. Fish sold out the garden um, 13 nights in a row a couple of years ago. The Baker's Dozen shows. Oh. Yeah. 13 nights in a row selling out the garden and they never played the same song twice. That's insane. Think about that. They're legends. Legends. Really musically complex wow. as well. But anyway, we digress. Um, so how long have you been married? It'll be four years in June. Yeah. So do you feel stressed out about getting pregnant or you feel like you're really in the trust zone right now or I'm in the trust zone. I think what I'm stressed out about is not knowing how I'm going to feel if we can't mm. like that. 
like really not being clear on on that like not knowing if I'm going to be devastated like because I know like I have friends who've been trying for years and it's this really emotionally weighted thing and I have a couple friends who are like in their mid 40s and they're like yeah we're still trying see what happens wow and they're they're really chill about it you know and I don't know where I'm going to fall on that spectrum if we if we can't so that kind of like have you been on birth control I haven't been on birth control for a while um I've never been pregnant, but I've been like Virgo about it. Like I used to take the morning after pill if I like if there like I had like a supply. I was really I love you. really careful. Yeah. I hear you. Cuz I didn't yeah. like cuz I'm very pro choice, but I didn't want to put myself through totally. that trauma. Yeah, that's no like easy thing. Yeah. Me too. Like yeah. I just was like I don't want to receive that imprint. Yeah. Totally. So so yeah, I just have no idea. Yeah. But I'm laying the groundwork, man. I'm laying the groundwork and honestly, like I I've been listening to your podcast since you started it last year and which was like right around the time we went to that trauma and yeah. birth workshop. Yeah. Last March. And it's really it brings me a lot of comfort Aww. because it makes me feel like there are resources to there like there's just so many resources and you're such an amazing resource and it's so it feels so good to um to know that if we do get pregnant that I won't that I will be supported because it's it's really really hard to ask for help and like you know I'm somebody that really does not like to ask for help. So just knowing that there's this, that I have this incredible community of friends, many of whom are mothers who, you know, totally who are there, like yeah. who are my tribe totally. is just fucking invaluable. Yeah. Like really, really helpful to and it continues. That. Well, I'm so glad you feel that way. And, you know, we do. It's like we we got you, you know, and we all have each other. And it's so important. I mean, I feel that way with my friends, you know, the donut. We, we don't have little babies, you know. I mean, we're always going to I'm always going to feel that way. Like you need community. Yeah. Of women that are ahead of you on the timeline that are behind you. You know, we we all it's like this centrifugal force of all the different stages of motherhood. Yeah. And I, and I see that. And like, it's, it's really exciting. Like when I see how, and how many ways there are to be a mother too. Like I see the way you mother, I see the way like Jana mothers, I see the way, you know, one of my best friends at home mothers, like it's, there's just so many ways to, mm -hmm. to, to navigate it. this. And it's like, I think too, like just to circle quickly back to Yoga Nidra, it helps you find your own inner knowing. Mm, oh my God. Underline that exclamation point. That is like my whole reason for my work. To find your own way. Yeah. Yeah. And support women to find their own way. Yeah. Like I don't want to be telling any woman what or how to be doing anything. I'm there to support her and her own knowing. Yeah. And that's just such an important piece. I'm glad you circled back because that is everything for all of us at all times. And, 
you know, during pregnancy, sometimes it's the first time people really listen to that. Yeah. And, like, and have yeah, an opinion about their right. life and their choices. Exactly. And then find you don't have that is. muscle. You're like, right. Okay. I want to trust my intuition, but how do I do that? I've never done that before, you know? And but it's then kind of like you're on the watch because you yeah. got to figure it out quickly, you know, before that baby comes. So it's, that's such an important piece that we can start honing. And like with that decision fatigue, like when you do start to listen, when you know what your inner voice sounds like and when you know what your what it feels like in your body to be sure about something, when you ground yourself in yourself, you have the answers that you need that are right for you and you don't need to be seeking externally. Mm-mm. Like ooh, there's so much noise and right. so many opinions, so many opinions and projections and at the end of the day, like if you are always seeking externally, first of all, you're not living your life and you're giving your power away. And that's like women have been doing that for thousands of years and we need to be done with that. We need to know what it sounds like to be in our own voice, to be in our own power and to trust in our own innate knowing or else we're not going to have the capacity to create our own authentic life and and find out what our purpose is here here oh shit that was good girl. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna describe uh, can we just edit out everything in the yeah. middle <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to transcribe that That's, that was a really dope paragraph i don't know what i said it was good <laughs> i hope everyone is listening to that no it's so true and it does start it starts and ends with us, right? Yeah. Each one of us. And it is such freedom when I can make a decision or decisions, even if you know it's against what your partner wants or your mother or whomever, just to know this is without a doubt the right decision for me right now and be able to stand in that and say it in a loving way of just like, this is really my need. And it may not be the popular choice right now, but like this is, I 100% know this is what I need to do. Like that's where we take our power back. Yep. And as the mother, as I always say this, we are the bedrock of our family. And, uh, you know, that indecision can so become like a disease too, you know, when you can't make any decision and your kids take that on also. Yeah. And it's not something we want to be, you know, it's not our legacy. It's like we want to be teaching them to have their own thoughts and choices and owning their things as well. Yeah. And in so doing, sometimes we have to let our own stuff slide or our control or grip or, you know, all the things. But yeah, we have to learn to let go And, and we have to learn to let go of what's not ours. Right. To be holding on to. That's Mm. like that's been huge for me. Totally. Is I it's so, it's so much easier to children. find. I can't. I'm. I can imagine. I don't want to say I can't imagine yeah. because literally I imagine every day. <laughs> Here we go. But like what we were saying about Goldie, this you know this morning, it's like it looks like a ballerina lives in my house now because we have tights and pink leotards hanging. You know, because I can't dry them in the dryer. And all she wants, she doesn't want breakfast. She How wants her waffle. How many does she have? She has like six wow. in rotation. I can't believe she drinks a decaf latte. <laughs> <laughs> At 
light on the decaf. I know it's still not fabulous, but literally you know she what? like she like pulls up to the counter in her pink tights every morning and is like, "Where's my waffy?" You know, like probably a decaf little latte is that's so cute. <laughs> is like think about what sugar has like think about what like you know twinkies or whatever like a little tiny bit of caffeine yeah it's and it's like a demi toss like it's like a symbol yeah like your kids don't drink soda like no fuck that it's not there's nothing wrong with that it's just so funny and it's like (laughs) you know literally at play school they're like really she's in tights and a leotard again today and i love our teachers so much i'm like dude i'm sorry it like wasn't worth the our tantrum to get her into normal clothes and like oh, she's living her life and I just yeah. have to support that and it's fucking adorable too yeah um but it is really funny when I she knows her what up. her yes is yeah dude why don't we I know mm. Mm. boom <laughs> that's a good place to end why don't we um I love you I love you dude. thank you for being here and I'm I'm really amped and excited to start a new relationship with yoga nidra oh yeah because follow up on that yeah please do I need I need support team. I'm supporting a lot of other people and I need a support team because it's so easy to let the own thing slide the busier we get. But it's not and you know living in authenticity is such a big thing for us Scorpios especially but for all of us of like you know you can't we're in an age also where you can't just be spouting something and not living it yeah like that jig is up oh my god it's so hard when you're doing this work you're like i cannot be a hypocrite yeah i have to do this i have to practice what i preach yeah and yeah like we (laughs) let things slide and then you you know course correct and you get back on it but that is something where i can't be preaching every day about nervous system regulation and then not giving time for my own so yep. thank you. You're welcome. Um, I feel like that was completion. Do you have any little thing else you'd like to add or do you feel good? I feel good. I'm I'm excited to see what unfolds. Me too. In your podcast. Oh, thanks. And I was talking about you and your baby. My, my imaginary <laughs> baby. <laughs> we'll follow up with you too. But and let's let's go deep on the guru life too. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have a good good next time. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Life unfolds. Mm. Bye. Bye. Jay Ma. Jay Ma. Jay Ma.